Hello, um, this is Lynn Hardy. I am with Agape Christian Fellowship. This is our tea and coffee meeting today. Um, we are going to be talking about uh, the courts of heaven and more specifically, what, who should be there? Who should be operating in the courts of heaven and how, how they should be operating? This is just going back to the basic and fundamentals. This is something that should have been talked about long ago. You know, we look at the question and we think it's so easy. Who should be operating in the courts of heaven? Who should be going there? Immediately, everyone is going to say, all Christians. If I'm a Christian, my place is in the heavens. My place is God's, as God's children is in his courts. That's what everybody will say. But in reality... It says that the law is given while you're children and that you're, you follow the ways of the law and you learn about God. And then the, the higher way is being led and guided by the Holy Spirit. And that we should be led and guided by the Holy Spirit to leave sin behind. And that is what makes us mature Christians. And as mature Christians, we're entitled to all that God has. We're entitled to run the household. So the courts of heaven is not the throne room. It's not the secret place. Those places you can run to as a, as a child of God. You can go, daddy, daddy, help me, help me, help me. And dad, sometimes, especially when you're a newborn Christian, new baby Christian, will scoop you up and help you out. But God expects you to learn his ways. And not only that, he expects you to come into a relationship with him. His biggest desire is that each one of us come into a relationship with him. And that means spend time with him. That means we like him. You know, you only spend time with people that you like. Um, so it's a different sort of thing that he's looking for. And the courtrooms operating there are for mature Christians who have studied his ways and know his ways. Now, this doesn't mean that a mature Christian can't take a baby Christian into the courts and they can't experience freedom. But until you are ready, until you're ready to say, God, I give you my life. You just tell me what you want me to do and I'm going to do it because I want to be with you. I want more of you in my life. Until you're ready to say those words to God, you're not ready to operate in the courts of heaven. That is the whole purpose of the courts of heaven is to push out sin. And so God can come in because God will not fellowship with sin. We have to leave that behind whenever he tells us to. Now, this is not a one and done process. The courts of heaven is a, is a way of life. It's an, it's an honor to be able to go to the courtrooms and see what's in heaven so that it can be done on earth. So the whole purpose of going to there is to clear out things of sin, not to be healed, not to um, get our healing for our children and mending our relationships, all those, though those things happen there. So that we have to remember that operating in the courts of heaven is for mature Christians. Grace and mercy is given to children and it's given to mature Christians as well. Of course, we all get grace and mercy. But God wants us to learn his ways. The reason I bring this up is because um, there's going to be a post going out probably tomorrow or the next day. It's in editing right now. And it talks about backlash. And it talks about leaders in the court, leaders, the courts, and backlash. 
who can experience backlash? What are leaders' roles in the courts of heaven? Do they um, experience backlash as well? And what does it look like? Because in order to function in the courts of heaven, we have to be really sensitive to the Holy Spirit and sensitive to what's happening in our life. As soon as you start making appearances in the courts of heaven regularly, and you're getting free, your friends are getting free, freedom is spreading, the enemy's not going to like it. And he's going to look for reasons, excuses to attack you. So every time you appear, he's going to have his little spies out going, okay, is there any way we can attack this person? This is why it's for mature Christians. You have to be ready to get rid of the attacks of the enemy. And how many of you think you're willing to do that? Are you all willing to or not quite yet? See, the courts of heaven worldwide are for you who are willing to, you who want to walk according to God's ways, you that know that we are never truly perfect, that we, oft, we will always screw up. <laughs> There's always some way. We do it less and less, Lord willing. I mean, sin kind of gets out of our life. But there's often those moments that happen, not often, occasionally. Occasionally those moments that happen, and we're like, oh, I should not have done that. They'll become less and less until they're few and far between. But we have to be ready for, the, for our God to tell us through the courts of heaven that we've stepped out of his will for us, stepped to where the enemy can attack us. So do you want to hear about what happened and about the backlash? I'm looking for notes. Yes. Okay. So, um, as you know, we have teams of people. I have been going to the courts of heaven with uh, different people since January, a few hundred people at this point. So I would call myself an experienced courts of heaven, you know, person and uh, somebody who we are not as experienced as some, there are some who have thousands, you know, I'm just a few hundred, but also kind of a mature Christian. So you'd think that I'd be okay. Not so much. So I went to the courts of heaven with a petitioner and it was probably one of the heaviest appointments we've ever had. This person had been through some serious tragedy starting at age 11. Um, that she had been attacked by men. And through this meeting, the Holy Spirit just had her just talk about it for the first time and, and say what had happened. And what had happened is she brought it to her father and her father told her just to be quiet. How many of you know hearing that from your father when you're being tortured is not a good thing? So, so as she confessed these things, um, one of our team members suggested that she go, um, that she needed to forgive these men. And then the Holy Spirit had me say something that really shocked me. I said, now you need to ask the judge to forgive them. Now you need to ask the judge to forgive them and their descendants if they have passed on. This way the curse couldn't travel. Um, the curse from this sexual attack. So she did this. Um, and then later uh, we had another appointment and we were all laughing because one of our team members kept putting in the chat, I repent, <laughs> you know, after, after we were explaining her charges. Um, and the point was, is that she had charges against her and our team member would hit his heart, um, hit their heart. And then they would say, oh, wait a minute, that applies to me. I better repent and plead the blood so I don't get charges. And we were just laughing because 
you know, he, this, per, this team member was using the appointment uh, for their own. They were, they were becoming clean as well. So it was kind of like doing double duty. So er, we all got a good joke. We all enjoyed it. We, <laughs> I did not realize the Holy Spirit was trying to talk to me at this time. You know, I don't always realize it when the Holy Spirit's moving. So the next appointment, um, or so then that next night I went to bed and I had trouble sleeping. I could not sleep. I was the Holy or the Lord was correcting me about things that I needed to change and reorganize. And then these thoughts kept coming to me about my past. So I have a sister, a stepsister who was attacked at age 12. Um, attacked is a strong word. Um, Let's just say my uncle, her step uncle, was found in her bed. And um, my father said it was her fault that she seduced him at age 12. Uh, she was told by him that this is just what grown-ups do to show that they love each other. Okay, anybody know that that's rape of a 12-year-old, right? And then my father, of course, blamed it on my sister. When I, uh, about 10 years later, I was 17. I was at a family barbecue and I was the only member of my immediate family there. And this uncle came up to me like nothing had ever happened. Oh, hey, how's it going? Uh, you know, you look great. And I just looked him in the eyes and I said, I talked to my sister. I know what you did. Don't you ever speak to me again. And I turned and walked away. So as I'm thinking about that, that night, I'm just like, wow, yeah, I guess that's kind of a lot like what happened to um, this, uh, the, like the petitioner, just really close to it. But I still wasn't getting the picture from the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so the next morning I wake up, my video doesn't work on my computer. I think you guys probably remember that. I started late and I'm like, oh, I just had trouble. I couldn't get it started. And I think I actually had to do it on my cell phone because my computer wouldn't connect for live video for morning prayers. And then I had court visits all day. And the more court visits I went to, the worse it got. It was like something was on my head and I had this vice squeezing my head. And then I felt like there's my ears, the ear canals, something was just like expanding and getting worse and worse. So it was almost painful, but it was hard to hear. That was physically and spiritually. So in these appointments, I leaned really hard, hard on the other teammates. And the visions I saw were shorter. They weren't long. And I was pushing into the Holy Spirit. I was like, Holy Spirit, show me, Holy Spirit. And I had to really kind of push in and say, Holy Spirit, help. I need help to help these people. Finally, during one of the appointments, um, the person was getting charges for a long time. And I just said, Holy Spirit, what is going on? How come I can't hear you as much? Why does my head feel like it's going to explode? And what I got was a picture of myself with a bag over my head, a black bag. And the black bag was pulled off. And there was like this squid-like squishy thing on my head. And it had two tentacles wrapped around and then two tentacles going in my ears. So at this point, I knew I was experiencing backlash. Up until then, I thought I was <laughs> in that morning. But the moment I saw this, I went, holy cow. <laughs> Okay, but I didn't have time to figure out what it went to. My head was so foggy, I couldn't think straight. So um, I just continued on through all the appointments. And then after I got done, I was so exhausted. All I could just barely do was lay on the couch and go, oh Lord, my head, help me. Um, so that night when I crawled into bed with my hubby, I was telling him about that heavy appointment the day before. It was, it, that was, I could finally talk about it. And I said, 
uh, yeah, you know, and, and then I said, yeah, I kind of, and then I spent the rest of that night thinking about what had happened to me and my, or what had happened to my sister in my childhood. And then at that point I went, oh, oh my gosh, I did not forgive my uncle or my father all this time, all this time I had not forgiven them. And the Holy Spirit reminded me of a dream I had had um, a day or two ago before that. And in this dream, I had taken this test to get a scholarship. The scholarship was going to pay for everything. And I had, but I had to take this test first and I, it was an easy test. I was going to ace it. And when I went back to the counselor to get my results, he said, you scored a 24%. You failed. There is no scholarship. And I went, what? No scholarship. You know? um, so, I'm, so here I'm thinking when I woke up, I'm like, okay, God, scholarship is finances. And it's, you know, it's the next level. I'm not going to the next level with you. Why not? You know, what happened? It's been paid for. I don't understand. And um, in the dream, I, I know that I noticed that they were all correct on the first 24. Then after that, they were all wrong. And I noticed that one question was missing an answer at the end. So I realized I had forgotten an answer. I had missed an answer right during the, uh, the beginning part of that quiz which had caused the rest of it to be wrong. So how this correlates with the backlash is that forgiveness is the basic thing. In Christianity, we as Christians, we know we have to walk in forgiveness, that our Father forgives us of our sin, so we have to forgive others of theirs. Christ himself set the example. Those that put him on the cross, those who tortured him, they were spitting on him, and yet he asked God to forgive them. That is our example as Christians. So this was a basic thing. And I had overlooked it early in my life. And 24, by the way, is a number that has specific meaning, something like, uh, um, I can't remember. It's in the post. Well, anyway, so 24 has a specific meaning too. So the Holy Spirit was telling me, you missed something at the very beginning. You missed one of the basic things and it's throwing everything off and God's, you're not going to be eligible to go to that next level with the Lord. So I just went right away. As soon as the Holy Spirit connected all these pieces, I went, oh my gosh. So I went to the bathroom. So it wasn't disturbing my husband. I prayed, went before the judge. I confessed uh, that I was guilty, repented, pled the blood over that, asked God to forgive them, both men involved. And then instantly, I kid you not, instantly, all of it was gone. My ears were normal. My head was normal. I woke up the next morning full of energy. And not only that, when I was in the courts and I asked, and I repented and I asked God for justice, (laughs) I said, by the way, God, I thank you for bringing more than what the enemy's taken, that he has attacked me with this. And I thank you for restoring with damages for bringing justice in this case. So that my, that my spiritual senses are now stronger than ever before. And sure enough, the next day I woke up, whoo-hoo, full, full of God. So that was backlash. Now that is one form of backlash. It can present as differently as we are as individuals. Someone might experience it as a migraine. Somebody might experience it as, um, as a stomach ache. It can be any kind of thing. It can also be um, a financial thing, but usually if, you, you, if you're paying attention to the Holy Spirit, you'll catch it before it impacts your finances. Um, it can be a variety, so many things. 
you know, anything that you've had an issue with in your life, it can present as that. In my case, what the enemy chose to attack me with was he was trying to stop me from operating in the courts of heaven. So he was trying to close off my spiritual senses so I couldn't see him anymore. I couldn't see or hear. So that is backlash. Even leaders, especially leaders, need to be aware of the spiritual realm, need to be led by the Holy Spirit, need to be ready to repent, even for those really basic, basic things. Um, and that is a basic lesson for, all, for every Christian. It's the first thing we learn is that God has forgiven us, and so we need to forgive others. So he, I, I guess, I'm so glad that the Holy Spirit spoke to me and put all those pieces together. And he'll do that for you too. So that is the purpose of the courts of heaven. It's to keep us rightly aligned so we can hear and experience God and speak to God and share our lives with him. Um, and that needs to be the main focus of the reason why you're going. The healing, um, the blessing, the gifts of the spirit, all of those things are just extras. They're, they're just uh, side benefits. The real purpose of the courts of heaven is so that we can come into close relationship with the Lord so that we can inhabit the secret place with him. And there's nothing blocking us, that the enemy can't stand in between us, that the enemy can't put us in a hole somewhere. That is why we operate and learn to operate in the courts of heaven. The whole point of the courts of heaven worldwide group is to train up others to operate, to help free more of God's people. It's a revolution in a way, because right now the enemy has been having a heyday in the courts, putting charges on everyone and, and no one goes there to get them to remove. So he's, he thinks he's got, you know, he, he thinks he's got it figured out, but we as Christians, it's time to start that revolution, to begin going to the courts, bringing others there, getting people free, and so that this earth can be claimed by Christians as Christ meant it to be. The whole purpose of his coming was so that heaven could come to earth, so that God's rule, God's way could be experienced on this earth. Now, there is going to come a time, very quickly, when God is going to pour out his glory, and this means that when that glory is being poured out, where God's presence is, miracles are going to spontaneously break out. People are going to be healed. And there's going to be a time of grace, a time where that healing stays. But then after a time, God's going to expect people to learn his ways. And Satan's going to come along and say, see, God, you healed them. See, God, you, you made everything good. And they still don't even want a relationship with you. They still are walking in sin. They're still doing all these things wrong. Then he's going to start attacking people. And it's going to, it's good. there's going to be a little cycle there. So the purpose of the courts of heaven worldwide is to get you trained up to be able to help others in the, and know what's against them. During that time of healing, just so you know, when that healing comes, um, we still need to know where we went wrong. In that case, we're going to ask, just like we do now, for training purposes. If you come to us with training, we'll take you into the courts of heaven. We'll take you into private counsel with the Lord and the Holy Spirit. And we'll ask, what in their walk could cause charges to come in the future? The Lord knows all things. And he'll be able to tell you, these things are weak areas in your walk. And these things need to be tended to so that you don't have charges come on you and prevent you from working in the courts of heaven. So um, 
the courts of heaven operating there is for mature Christians. It's for leaders who want to who want to be corrected, who want to stay on that path with the Lord and are ready to be corrected. And they need uh, a team with them who can go to the courts of heaven and hear when they can't, hear when they've been blocked. Okay, does anyone have any questions? Now it comes time for the tea and coffee portion. That is the basic message. Um, that's what we've got so far. So let's pray um, for dismissal of this meeting. Pray for those who have heard this message online. And then I'll sip some tea and coffee and answer any questions that you guys have concerning these things. But first, we always want to pray for everyone who's heard this message. Heavenly Father, we just thank you and praise you for revealing your ways to us. We thank you, mighty God, for the Holy Spirit who's our teacher, our counselor. We thank you for revealing that you are the just and righteous judge and that Jesus is our counselor and our advocate. We just praise you and thank you for being here with us today, for being with each and every person. I pray that the counselor, the teacher goes with them, that he lets these teachings take root in the fertile grounds of their heart, that it grows into good wisdom and sound teaching. We also pray for each and every person who's giving a tithe or an offering unto Agape Christian Fellowship and the Tea Party. We pray for everyone who is sending in an offering for the books that they have, they have read Mighty God, we know that this is your way, that your anointing goes out with your, the words spoken and the words written, and people give in response, and they tithe to support the word, your words, going out into the world. So we ask that you bless those who are giving, that you bless them with wisdom, that you bless them and guide them into the place where there's prosperity for them. Show them what to put their hand to so they may be blessed. We thank you for blessing all that they have, that they are fruitful. For your word declares that as a man sows, that is how he shall reap. So we thank you that as they give, it is given back into them, pressed down, shaken together, overflowing, Father. We thank you for their faithfulness, and we acknowledge that they are giving not to even an organization, but unto you. We accept this in your name. Amen. Okay, so I have my special little teapot here.